absolutely no idea where to start. Um, and actually, you know, faith is such a huge topic, absolutely massive. And we've all had different experiences in our faith. So what do you do? Well, the first thing you do is you go and talk to Adam Dyer. You go, you know, what on earth am I supposed to be talking about? This is a huge topic. And he asked me, he said, you know, have you ever had your faith challenged? Have you ever had your faith, you know, something inside you change? Or, you know, have you ever identified yourself with anyone in the Bible? And I thought, oh, no. My my, my faith is strong. You know, this is how it is. Um, But actually, when I went away and thought about it more, I was a bit like, oh, actually... My faith has been challenged. My faith has changed. It's not the same as it was before. And I thought, actually, my faith is challenged regularly, almost every day. Now, as long as I can remember, you know, I've always had a faith in God. I've always believed in God, um, believe that God is everywhere and in everything. That he died on the cross for my sins And he's walked alongside me in my journey as I've grown up. He's been involved in the decisions that I've made um, and the choices. And I've not always listened. I can tell you that. I've not always listened. Um, And I'm sure he's rolled his eyes at me and tutted on many occasions. But when people would try and prove otherwise, prove that perhaps he didn't exist or, you know, that it was all a bit of hocus-pocus... I can't and couldn't forget um, what I've experienced and felt in my own life. The effect and effect that God has had on the 39-year journey of my life so far. But believing in God, believing that he died for your sins, is one thing. But living in and by faith is something quite different. Now, Faith is a very personal journey, a personal journey for all of us, as is our relationship that we have with God. And we're all at different points of faith. It's different from the person sat next to you. And as our relationship with God grows and changes, so does our faith. Now, I've spent a some time over the past few weeks looking back over my sort of faith journey and actually it's incredible how much it has actually changed. Now that might be just because I'm getting older, you know, and a bit wiser, um, but also because my relationship with God has changed. It's deepened. It's evolved over time. Now I've always described my faith as quite childlike. Now, Adam spoke a few weeks ago about um, how society wants, you know, that structure, wants a formula, you know, wants certainty, wants to be able to have a structure to follow so that we can be in control. But when it comes to my faith, I often, you know, that child goes, ah, well, God's got it, it's fine. You know, if it's in God's will, it'll be done. Very, very, almost naive, I think. I kind of go with the flow. But the mystery and the unknown sort of excites me. But this is not the same for my husband, Simon. Now, if any of you know my husband, Simon, you will know what I mean. This uncertainty, this not knowing, really unsettles him. And something that he often finds far too 
uncomfortable and it doesn't sit well with him. Now, let me put this into a bit of perspective for you. He comes from a military background, you know, where he was in charge, the boss. You know, this was who he was, the commander of a squadron. And uh, it's all he's known, really. He's always known formula, structure, a set of rules. And he needs and likes to be in control. He has the list. He has to make the decision on his own terms, and it has to happen on his own strength, and he holds the reins of life and finds it very difficult to let go. And there have been glimpses where he's, you know, let the reins go and let God take control, um, and he's better than he was at doing it. But quite often, when things aren't going the way that he thinks they should, or at the right pace, at uh, you know, things that uh, should be happening right now, you know, he'll grab the reins back. And this is a completely human and normal thing for us to do. But for me, it was almost quite an alien concept. I didn't really under understand why he had to hold on so tightly. Now, um, Simon took a leap of faith, a big leap of faith, a couple of years ago, and we spoke on one Sunday morning during the summer about this, um, and he decided to leave the Navy, felt that this was something God was calling him to do, you know, the loosening of some of the reins. But the following months were actually a huge challenge. He wanted the next job, the next stage, sorted. He wanted the plan he wanted the structure, you know, to know that we've got the money coming in to be able to support our family. He wanted to know where the next step was going to be. These reins that he was holding on so tightly were flapping wildly around in the wind. I actually found this really difficult and quite frustrating at times that he couldn't just let go and, you know, lose control and let God take the driver's seat. You know, I felt he lacked that patience. And, you know, God would be there, God would provide when the time was right. But for him, not having all those things sorted in place made him feel a bit like a failure, that he wasn't in that driving seat. And seeing the person that you love go through those challenges, and they were really dark times at times. When you see people that you love go through those challenges, whether it's in their jobs or in their health or whatever it is, especially when you can do nothing physically to make it better, it can often make us challenge our faith, question our faith. And my faith was tested at times, and on a number of occasions had to be enough for both of us. Sometimes our faith has to support those around us, people that we love who are finding the journey quite a challenge. But this was when prayer started to become a massive part of my faith journey. My relationship with God, something that perhaps hadn't been quite so prevalent as it you know, was now. And instead of just saying, yeah, well, God will take care of it, it'll be fine, it was in God's time, don't worry about it, God's got this, I actually prayed about it. I deeply prayed about it, cried out to him, ranted at him at times, cried with him. But in those times, it drew me closer to him. 
It deepened my relationship with him and made me thankful for all the things that we did have and that were being provided for us. Matthew 6, uh, verse 30 to 34 in the message says, If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to say here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so that you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over such things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human need concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come when the time comes. God tells us that he will provide. But at this same time, Simon's going through all of this stuff, I felt that God was actually calling me out of teaching and into the unknown. So we were now going to be in a position where neither of us would have a job. Neither of us would have an income. Q added stress for Simon and more wildly flapping reins and more shoulder shrugging and, God's got this, it'll be fine, don't worry about it, we'll just pray about it from me. Our prayers were answered not in Simon's time, I might add, but in God's time, and at a time where the two paths crossed over, a proper faith journey where he began a job and I finished. This has given me the opportunity at at the moment to remain home where I'm kind of in the throes of discovering who God is calling me to be and where and what he wants me to do. But I have found myself in a similar situation to Simon. You know, not having the stuff sorted. You know, there have been times where I've wanted to rush the process and get on to the next stage. You know, come on, God, what are you asking me to do? But I'm reminded over and over again to rely on my faith on God and trust in him and be patient to spend more time deepening my relationship with God through worship, through prayer, through reading his word. And I certainly do not have this sorted because I'm excellent at finding reasons and other important things to be doing, like the ironing and stuff. But, uh, But I know when the time is right that God will let me know exactly what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. But it's through experiences that our faith grows and changes. And Steve talked about being able to go into people's homes. What a wonderful gift. What a wonderful blessing that is. And our faith grows and changes as we have these experiences. Now, I don't know how many of you actually know my story, my past. um, But I was married previously to Simon. And it was generally a good marriage, as far as, you know, you think marriages go. Um, Or so I thought until I discovered that he was actually having an affair. 
Now, not only was this, obviously, a, a hideous time um, in my life, but I also felt like a huge amount of shame and embarrassment. You know, I was a Christian, and this is not what Christians do. This is, you know, not the done thing. But that is the type of time when you cling to your faith, and I clung to my faith. And I didn't know how I was going to be able to cope. I didn't know how I was going to be that single mum how I was going to hold down a job whilst you know, looking after a small child and working full-time, and how that was going to be when I was on my own. Oh, sorry. And my faith didn't remove the pain. The pain was still there, but it got me through the pain. It allowed me to see a completely different side of God. One who was there in, in those darkest times, at late at night when I'd be crying or upset or not being able to sleep. It allowed me, though, to forgive. And it allowed me to heal. And our faith grows, again, through those types of experience. Where in the rough situations, we are confronted and just surrounded by God's amazing love and grace. Our faith grows and changes. Now, I've never hidden the fact that I'm a Christian. Or I didn't think I ever hid the fact that I was a Christian. Um, and just generally assumed that, you know, everybody knew. Uh, and the school I worked at, Preston Primary, um, is a church school. Um, and every Monday morning, I'd lead them, actually, in a, a collective um, prayer session for all the staff uh, for the week ahead. I thought, man, I've got this. Everybody knows I'm a Christian. And then one day, I was in a meeting um, with my fellow teammates. And um, I happened to mention, you know, going to church or being a Christian or something like that. And uh, one of them challenged me. And he said, oh, I didn't realize you were a Christian. And, you know, you kind of go, oh. I was a bit shocked, a bit taken aback. And he said, you know, he called and challenged some of the behaviors that I'd shown, perhaps. And this made me really think. This made me you know, really think about the importance of my faith. Why didn't he know? Was I embarrassed? Was I worried about what people might think of me? The crazy God lady? I didn't know. Was I trying to fit into society around me, blend in? But faith is such a powerful force that can change so many things. And I know that I want to be different because of my faith. Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16 says this. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen? Amen? Now, I know that I want my light to shine brightly. 
I want people who meet me to know that there is something different about me because I know of the good news of Jesus Christ. And I quite often think about and look at my dad, who has surprised me this morning by turning up. (laughs) Um, And people would often comment to me about his character and the way he was. Uh, What a man of faith he is. And that's because he was never afraid and is never afraid to share his faith. And I remember when I was younger, and I remember it vividly, that he would walk around the house praying out loud, God, give me the opportunity to speak the word of God into the life of somebody today. God, give me the opportunity to meet with somebody and get alongside them. And just like uh, Steve was saying earlier, praying for the opportunities, praying for these, um, these experiences. And I just, you know, I just I felt quite humble by that because I know that I don't pray every morning for the opportunity to meet with somebody, to be a blessing on somebody's life. But I know I'm going to start. However, I did feel sorry for the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses that did turn up on the doorstep and spend the next 20 minutes trying to get away, but that's a different story. You know, we can't be lazy Christians. We can't come to church on a Sunday morning and and soak up everything that's going on, but do nothing with it for the rest of the week. We have to make an effort to release our faith what we know and what we have experienced, our story, and what we know to be true. We need to exercise our faith and be the kind of person that God is calling us to be so that we can be a blessing on other people. We need to exercise our faith just like we exercise our bodies. If we don't exercise our bodies, we don't get fitter. Our muscles don't strengthen. The more we work out, the stronger we become. And this is true for our faith. If we don't exercise it, we don't go out there, we don't do stuff with it, it's not going to grow, it's not going to change, it's not going to get stronger. Now, every day that we wake up is a blessing. It's a gift. It's not a right, but it's a privilege. Therefore, as believers, we should be able to share this blessing and the gift God is giving us has given us with others. Now, it says um, in the Bible about sharing faith in Mark 16, verses um, 15 to 16, go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Now, I don't know about you, but this kind of conjures up um, an image for me of you know, somebody on a soapbox, you know, outside somewhere like Burger King, you know, with a microphone in their hand, you know, waving a Bible above their head, um, and shouting theology and Bible verses at people. And that's not how I choose to share my faith. But God needs to use us. We need to be the hands and feet of Jesus on earth, needs to, us to meet with others so that they can know about him and his unconditional love. Now, if you want to see change and revival, all what we're calling out for at the moment, if we want to see change and revival, then we have to be the catalyst. We have to be the ones to go out there and share this good news with people. We have to put our feet in the starting blocks, however scary that might be, ready to do what God wants us to do, how he wants to use us. 
We have to pick up, as we sang in the song, pick up our shield of faith and walk out into the world. But we need to listen and we need to be obedient. Something I find a challenge, I can tell you. Um, But we have to dare to be different. Now, as I was preparing this talk, I was... uh, uh, looking back at some of the characters in the Bible, and Adam had suggested, you know, go and see if there's one that you know you can align yourself with. And I thought, yep, straight to the women of faith. I'm probably there somewhere. Uh, no, uh, definitely not there. Um, and the more I read, the, the more I realized I was like, oh my, I'm just like Moses. You know, look in um, Exodus 3 and 4, where, is he coming? Uh, where we see um, God asks Moses to um, go into Egypt um, and bring the Israelites out. Now, God has hardly got the request out of his mouth before Moses is already lining up the excuses. Who am I? They should go to Pharaoh. What do I say to them? Oh, no. Uh, But God gives him what it is that he should say. Says, no, this is what you say, go to them, they'll listen to you, don't worry about it, this is exactly what you've got to do, this is exactly what you've got to say. But he says, well, what if they don't listen to me? What if they don't believe me? And God goes, all right, don't worry about it. And he goes, I'll, I'll give you two signs. So says, look, where's your staff? And turn your staff into a snake, and to, uh, shows him to turn his hand leprous, so that he can prove that he has actually spoken to God. But yet again, Moses tries, and find, tries to find another excuse not to go. Oh, I don't speak well. I mean, I've never been eloquent of tongue. And God tells him, don't worry. I'll help you speak. I'll teach you what it is that you need to say. Moses again tries to get out of it, saying, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. I don't want to do it. And then we see God get a little bit annoyed with Moses. And I thought, ah, This sounds familiar. (laughs) Because I am just like that. I am constantly making those excuses. I can't do that. I can't say that. I can't possibly say that. I'm not good enough. They won't listen to me. They'll think I'm stupid. You know, I've got no authority. I've not been to Bible college. I've not, you know, I'm not qualified to speak on this. And I have felt God get annoyed with me when I've made those excuses. Now, I knew God was calling me out of teaching for a long, long time, but it took three to four years for me to actually be obedient and take that step of faith and leave my job. Why? Because it was comfortable. Because it was far too easy to continue doing what I was doing. I had an excuse. I have to wait for this to happen, or this to be in place, or that to be that way before I could do anything else. But those things never changed. Those things always needed to be in place. Those things always needed to happen first, or something else would come up and get in the way. And I knew that job well. I'd get up and go to school, rock out a few lessons, and it'd be absolutely fine, day after day after day. But I knew that in that job, I was not being the person that God was calling me to do. Scary stuff. 
I didn't have the time or the headspace to put God and the calling he has on my life first. And now, at the moment, I'm having some really interesting conversations about what I'm doing at the moment with friends or ex-colleagues. And I'm now beginning to take a deep breath. And I'm choosing to share the fact that I believe God is calling me to do something different with my faith. Perhaps writing a church or speaking at church, rather than just saying, well, just chilling, you know, just doing the housework, you know, just being mummy. And it has made my heart race that little bit faster. Um, but it has opened up some very interesting conversations and some very interesting conversations with our plumber, I might add. But now I have space. I have the ability to pray for my ex-husband and his family that they will find the love of God. I'm getting better at praying for people, although I do find this still absolutely petrifying, as my family will testify to that, as we did that last night, which is amazing. But I pray that I'm being more of a light for Jesus. But I think it's important to point out here that I haven't done this alone. This journey that I've been on over the past few months has been shared. I've had to have people around me, voices of wisdom, um, and some incredible people who have supported me. Friends and family. And I think that's really important because I spoke a few weeks ago, in fact, not weeks, it was months ago now, uh, a few months ago about the importance of the small. And this is a perfect example of why that is so important. I have had their support, I have had their encouragement during these steps of faith. And I encourage you, if you don't have those people alongside you when you are taking these steps of faith, when you are making these leaps into the unknown, even if it's just different conversations at work, if you don't have people alongside you, then I encourage you to seek them out. But what we see in this encounter between Jesus and Moses, and what Moses failed to realize is that God had already prepared him for what he was being asked to do. His CV actually looked pretty good. Now Moses had grown up with Pharaoh. He knew him considerably better than everybody else. You know, the Israelites were his people. He'd seen the injustices that had happened to his people and got involved previously. His heart was for his people. And he'd just spent umpteen years in the desert shepherding sheep. He knew how to control a flock. But with God by his side, you know, he was a perfect candidate. God has given us the authority. He has given us the CV. So what holds us back? What stops us from telling people in the office that we're a Christian? Or asking someone if we can pray for them? Or just dropping into conversation that you were at church on Sunday and the worship or the talk was good? What stops us from sharing where God has worked in our lives? 
What stops us from taking those bigger leaps of faith? Fear? Discomfort? Because fear disrupts faith and becomes the biggest obstacle in obeying God. But fear will never go away. Because every time we want to grow and do something with our faith, it involves moving into the new and taking on new challenges. The decision to grow and exercise faith will always come with a choice. It will always involve a choice between risk and discomfort and the comfort. Now, I'm reading a book at the moment, I had it for my birthday, um, with the title by, uh, by John Altberg, which is the title, If You Want to Walk on Water, You've Got to Get Out of the Boat. And in it, um, Altberg is talking about Jesus looking for people to get out of their boat. To get out of the places that are comfortable, get out of the places that are safe, and be the people willing to exercise their faith and share their faith with others and to do the works of the Father. And just as each time we exercise our bodies, you know, the weights begin to get lighter. You can run a mile at a quicker pace. The more we exercise or share our faith with others, the easier it becomes. And then the more likely we are to do it again. Prime example, prayed with my family last night, not done that in 17 years. But I know, despite how difficult actually I found that last night, I'm going back there again tonight and I'm going to do the same again because I'll find it an easier process. Yeah? Out of my comfort zone completely, but I'm going to go back because I know that that is what God is calling me to do. And each time we stretch our faith, each time we exercise our faith, we continue to grow and our relationship with God deepens in the process. It's so important to share our experiences, our faith stories with others, where we have seen God work in our lives for the good and the bad stuff. But we need to pray against the fear of moving out of our comfort zones where those things are easier and safe. You know, like Moses, uh, <clears throat> God has entrusted to us everything we need to fulfill the purpose for which we were created. We just might not realize it yet. And, you know, we'll never have it all sorted. We'll continue to mess it up and get things wrong, and we might think we've said the wrong thing, but we are called to proclaim who God is. We are called to share what we know to be true, to proclaim the gospel from where we are, wherever and whatever we are doing. Now, I was listening um, to a speaker the other day who, who kind of summed it up a little bit for me. They said, don't just have enough faith to keep yourself out of hell, but have enough to walk in victory and so you can take someone else alongside with you. And I just thought, I, I need to remember that. Not just enough faith to keep yourself out, 
but so that you can bring somebody along with you. If I could um, ask the band to come back up. So I ask you this morning, let's use our faith in God to be bold, to be obedient, and to be courageous. Let's be the catalyst. Let's dare to be different because of our faith and to share God's love and stories, our stories with others. Let's be brave to take those leaps of faith into the unknown. And as we do this, see our relationship with God grow and deepen. Now, I want to encourage you with this verse. Um, Psalm 96, uh, verses 2 and 4. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations and tell everyone about the amazing things he does. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. Our God is amazing. And he has given us everything that we need to be the people he is calling us to be. We just need to get out there and be the light. So this morning, this morning um, as the band plays, um, if you would, you know, like to receive prayer for perhaps the courage to be different and for your light to shine in whether it be your homes or your workplaces, or if you feel you're being called by God to perhaps Do something different with your faith. Perhaps leave a job. Or if it's praying for people that you don't know. Or maybe you feel you're being called to pray for people here that you don't know. Whatever it may be. Or if you would like prayer against fear. Against fear of leaving your comfort zones. And to take the next step out in faith. Then if I could ask the ministry team, the prayer ministry team to be over here, that would be great because I know that I'm going to be down there as well. Or if you'd prefer to ask somebody next to you to pray, then please do. But I really encourage you, don't leave here today thinking, I should have stepped out. I should have stepped out of that boat and didn't. I should have prayed for that person but didn't. I should have got someone alongside me because I'm thinking about changing what I'm doing, and I didn't. Find somebody to talk to. Find somebody to pray with. Be a light and be a blessing on each other. Amen.